Welcome to Anderswick Church. We hope this message empowers and encourages you. To hear more from our church, make sure you subscribe or visit our website at annasbrook.co.nz for a service near you. Hello, hello, hello. I love being here. I just leant over to Viv and said, can I join your church? It's such a privilege to be here. I don't have a British accent, do I? Has it all gone? Praise God for that. (laughs) Thank you so much. So Dave and I were in the UK for 29 years. And we recently relocated to the Gold Coast. Jesus is so good to me. Um, Except they don't want me back because New Zealand said they don't want Australians in last night, didn't they? (laughs) Nothing's changed. (laughs) How are you all this morning? Are you good? So I'm going to share a bit of my story this morning. And uh, I want you to be on the edge of your seats because this is what happens when I share my story. Some of you that have lived in containment for many, many years, who've not been able to get hold of breakthrough in your spirit, this morning, God, the Holy Spirit is going to come and you're going to have such a breakthrough in your world that from today, in Jesus' name, things are going to be different. Is anybody with me today? So this morning I'm going to share my story and then we're going to respond to God at the end. And they say you should do two things with Jesus when he speaks to you. One, if he tells you to die, die quickly, metaphorically, of course, not actually physically. And secondly, when Jesus is talking to you, you should respond quickly. So that's what we're going to do at the end of today. And then this evening, I'm going to speak another message entitled Rattle. And it's from Ezekiel 37. And tonight we're going to speak over the valley of dry bones in our lives. Amen. In Jesus' name, we're going to prophesy and I'm going to prophesy over many people tonight. So be on the edge of your seats. Amazing Annisbrook Church. So I usually start my story with sharing a little bit of what Pastor Graham just shared then in that um, it was amazing that God gave me the privilege in the UK of starting a charity that in the last five years rescued over 5,000 victims of modern day slavery. It's an absolute privilege. But you know, my life was never intended that it would be that way. And I've entitled my message this morning as a ploy and a plan. That that which the evil, the evil, Even the devil, I don't like him, so I didn't call him by his name. (laughs) What the devil meant for evil, God turned around for good. So I'll take you right back to the beginning because it's a very good place to start. And I'm reminded this morning of the story of Joseph. And Joseph, in the Word of God, had suffered massive betrayal. He had suffered, uh, gone through hell, abandonment and injustice And God brought him to a place in his life where he could honestly say this. And this is the verse from Genesis 41. It said, it is because God has made me forget all my trouble and all all the trouble of my father's household. It is because God has made me fruitful in the land of my suffering. And this morning, many of you that feel like for years and years you have suffered, God this morning is going to attach fruit and multiplication today to that which you thought could not be multiplied. So it's an actual miracle that I stand up today here today speaking to you. Because I was actually an unwanted baby that was given away at birth. 
I was born into a home in Brisbane, Australia, a home for unwanted babies, single mothers, and I was abandoned at birth. I know now that my birth mum never actually ever, ever held me in her arms. She gave me away straight away. And then when I was, oh, can you just sense the Holy Spirit just come and land right then? Because God's hand's always been on my life. That's why. <laughs> and then about three weeks later, a beautiful couple, Enid and John Stewart, who are now cheering us on today from the halls of heaven, they walked into this home for unwanted babies. And two years before, they had adopted my big brother, Robert. Now, Robert was fair-skinned and blue-eyed and blonde-haired. This is fake. <laughs> I was born olive-skinned and brown-haired and brown-eyed, and they decided I didn't match my brother, so they walked out of the home. And something arrested them at the door of the hospital, and they knew that they had to turn around. And they walked in, and thus I became Jenny... You ready for my second name? It'll bless you. Enid. <laughs> Been scarred with that. <laughs> and so I became Jenny Enid Stewart. And I was adopted into a house, into a, a home where my parents really, really loved God. What a privilege. But as a little girl, I suffered incredibly from a sense of rejection and a sense of insecurity which many of us would have walked into this place with today. And God's going to speak to that today. He's going to minister to your life. And my mum told me when I was older that when I grew up, I never, ever had any child over to play in my childhood ever. Because there was something in me that just couldn't attach to people. There was no way I could attach to anybody. I was a little girl that thought if somebody was talking across the room, they were talking badly about me. And I remember the moment, probably when I was about 14, that I thought, do you know what, I, I need to prove I'm worthwhile. And do you know when a lot of people that are born like I was born feel like they have to prove themselves, they either flip off into addictions of some sort or they become what I decided to be and I decided I was going to be the world's biggest overachiever. And so I became the girl that you love to hate at school. I was a straight-A student. I was school champion athlete, hockey captain, athletics captain, prefect. You know the girl you hated? That was me. <laughs> and I actually have two artificial hips now for all that running. Don't run, eat cake. <laughs> <laughs> but the, I was a girl that was just hungering I was hungering for popularity. I was hungering for acceptance. I was hungering for my place in the world. Even though my parents and my church and my Jesus told me that I was loved, there was something within me that felt incredibly abandoned. At 16 years old, I'm jumping through because I want to get to the power part. <laughs> At 16, two weeks after I finished uh, grade 12 in Brisbane, my, my father passed away very suddenly. And I was left even more hungering for acceptance. I was feeling abandoned and alone. And I remember that first year I, I deferred going to university because I was so broken. And I remember working and coming home every night. I really didn't have a friend in the world. Uh, my mum was so heartbroken. She uh, just wasn't with us. My brother just went miles away from God. And I remember that year deciding that if the love of God was real, I was going to find him. So every night I would come home 
from work and the Bible says, if you seek after me, if you call after me, you'll find me. If you search for me with all your heart. And I'd come over home every night and lie on my bed and cry out to God to know the love of God. And that year, when I was 16, 17, I met God. And it was a, a beautiful time because it was like I would walk into my room and the Holy Spirit was waiting for me. And you know, that can be your experience, that you can know God so incredibly powerfully. Long story, we end up in England. That is a whole nother story. Basically, Dave was British and he dragged me there. But so I went to, Brit to Britain to church plant when I was 25 and I was six months pregnant, which is just insane. Knew nobody. I'm still here, so obviously God fed me. <laughs> anyway, when Ryan, my son, was born, who some of you have met here, when my son was born, I decided that I owed it to the next generation to deal with this incredible sense of rejection and, and uh, aloneness and insecurity that was just eating me up. And you know, I want to give you a tip for free this morning. Here I was ministering to people. Here I was in the ministry with an incredible brokenness within. But if we wait all our lives for our brokenness to heal, God can never use us. You'll be 95 and you're not whole because we're not meant to be whole. We're weak vessels that the power of God comes and sits upon. We're never whole. So if you just get on with ministering to people and, and loving on people, God will sneak up behind you and heal your heart. So I end up, I decide after Ryan was born that perhaps if I found out who my real family was, I would deal with the insecurity and rejection in my soul because it was eating me up and I didn't want to pass it on to my son. And so I, they changed the law in Queensland at that point and I was able to get my original birth certificate. I discovered my name was Kim Ann Salter. So you choose Kim Ann, Jenny Enid, your choice. <laughs> And I discovered, um, I wrote off, my mum was born in a cattle station right in the outback of Queensland. And I wrote to this cattle station. And of course, they're handed down through the family. And my uncle was still on the property. And so three months later, I get a letter from my birth mum, who is five foot one. <laughs> and I discover I have four half brothers and a sister. And one of my brothers played for the Wallabies. I know that's like, that's like swearing here. Just this amazing family, although the All Blacks always beat the Wallabies. So, not when my brother was playing though. <laughs> and so I talk back and forth with my birth mum, Heather, for six months. And then finally, I fly back from England to Australia to meet her. And that day I had my beautiful 80s mullet perm in a beautiful French plait. <laughs> Extra large shoulder pads for the occasion. And I go into the middle of Queen Street Mall in Brisbane to meet my birth mum. Now you've got to understand that meeting my mum and finding out who my father was, was going to sort stuff within my soul. So I sit down with my beautiful birth mum, Heather, and she cried a lot of tears. And then she said to me, Jen, I, I imagine you want to know who your father is. Now, I sort of ditched out in the father here. I lost my dad at 16, and by this point I was 28. I said, I'd love to. And she says, Jen, I was gang raped, and you're the baby. What do you do with that kind of information? When I'd gone into that day, 
I went into it thinking that this would solve all my issues. And instead, I felt more unwanted, more dirty, more alone, more abandoned. But God. And thus I began the journey of God fathering me in the most amazing way. And he led me to my life scripture, which I'm going to read to you this morning, and it's all mine. (laughs) And it's Jeremiah 1 verse 5. It says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart and I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. God began to love on me and, and however our minds cannot comprehend it, he showed me that before I was born, he knew me. And even though I was a product of a gang rape, that he had planned me before the beginning of time and that destiny was written upon my life from the moment I was conceived and that whatever each and every one of us go through, God has destiny written upon it because he wants to use the very thing that we have suffered. And then he led me to this amazing passage of scripture in Ezekiel 16. I'm gonna read it to you this morning because this is my story But it's also a beautiful story of the love of Christ. On the day you were born, your cord was not cut, nor were you washed. Rather, you were thrashed, compassionate enough to do any of these things for you. Rather, you were thrown out into the open field, for on the day you were born, you were despised. Then I passed by. Today, then he, your father, passes by. And he saw you kicking about in your blood. And as you lay there in your blood, I said to you, live. I made you grow like a plant of the field. You grew and developed. And we'll skip the next bit for public decency. (laughs) And then it says, later I passed by. And when I looked at you and saw that you were old enough for love, I spread the corner of my garment over you and I covered your naked body. I gave you a solemn oath and entered into a covenant with you, declares the sovereign Lord, and you became mine. What a picture of Jesus. I bathed you with water and washed the blood from you and put ointments on you. I clothed you with an embroidered dress and put fine sandals of leather on you. And I dressed you in fine linen and covered you with costly garments, the costly garment of his blood. I adorned you with jewelry. This is what I like Dave to read because... And a necklace around your neck. (laughs) I put bracelets on your arm and a necklace around your neck. Because the splendor I have given you makes your beauty perfect, declares the Sovereign Lord. Do you know we remember Joseph, as I mentioned at the beginning, that God caused him to forget all his troubles and he promised that he would be fruitful. He turns the ploy of the enemy into the plan of God. Do you know your past can either be a springboard or it can be a container? And I remember the moment when the Holy Spirit laid it out before me. He said, Jen, are you going to choose to be a victim to this information? Or are you going to choose to allow me to come upon it and turn it into a springboard of promise? And I remember when he said to me, the Holy Spirit promised me three things. And I want you to really lean in this morning because this is the breakthrough moment for you in church today. The first thing he promised me was divine forgetfulness. Now at my age, that's a really, really good cop out. (laughs) 
But you know, I don't wake up in the morning and think I'm the baby of a gang rape. I wake up like every single other person and think, where's the coffee? Because God has wiped that, that, the, the, the sting of that memory from me. The Bible talks to us and says that our past is not a place to linger. We love to linger. Do you know Isaiah 43 says, forget the former things. We, we, don't like, we love to build a campfire, sing kumbaya and toast marshmallows over our pain. Only me, obviously. The Bible says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? See, I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Do you know in England, now I'm out of there, I can say all I want. (laughs) There's there's a particular town called Newcastle. Australian Newcastle is named after it. And they're known in Toontown, because they're called Geordies and they're called Toons. They're known to wear next to no clothes in the middle of winter and drape themselves around places with, all I want to do is, in my mum's heart is get a blanket and just drape it over them. But they just hang out there in these little outfits getting hypothermia, draping their lives over in consequence. And we love to drape our lives over in consequence. And God the Holy Spirit comes today and says, will you enable me to lift you from draping yourself over past memories? And will you make the choice today instead to allow me to change that which has contained you into a springboard in Jesus' name? The Bible says God made Joseph fruitful in the land of his suffering. The second thing God promised me was divine fruitfulness. The amazing thing about the ploy and the plan is that it lies within our hands to choose. There is no experience or trauma or thing that you have been through in your life that God cannot pick up and heal and use. Nothing. Let me say that again today to your church. There is nothing that you have experienced, trauma that you have gone through, pain that you have experienced, that God does not have the ability to breathe on and heal and use. Do you know I remember the day that I went forward to the altar like many of you will in just a moment? I remember the day I chose. Someone's just fainted, bless him. Father, we just pray over him right now in Jesus' name. Father, we just pray over his body that he'll be just whole in the name of Jesus. Father, pour out your spirit upon him right now in the name of Jesus. Amen. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. I never knew that on the other side of that decision lay thousands and thousands and thousands of lives. In the last year alone, in City Hearts in the UK, 
we had 35 babies born into our care. Each and every one of those babies were babies of rape. Each and every one of those little lives was me. Each and every one of those lives were there because I made a choice in a moment to turn what I'd been through into a springboard. I remember a really poignant day because we could never photograph. We were hiding these people, men, women, and children because they had been trafficked into the UK. And we could never really put up on social media or anything, anything that went on. But I remember a day I walked in, we had a drop in every week and they came in with their babies. I remember seeing in the foyer about 35 prams. Taking a photo of, that pram, of those prams and thinking, you never know what lies on the other side of a moment in the presence of God. Your story was not meant to be dismissed. It was meant to be used. Your story was not meant to be dismissed. It was meant to be used. In John 12, 24, it says, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Many of us feel like we've gone through so much death in our hearts and in our lives. But my Bible clearly states that when that seed of death in your spirit goes into the ground, God doesn't just want to add to it, He wants to multiply to it. Who knows what God's going to do today on the other side of your decision, your line in the sand Sunday in Jesus' name. And the final thing, God, I love that. The final thing God promised me was divine authority. The amazing thing about Joseph is he ended up second in charge of the entire land in which he'd suffered. I could preach on the tabernacle, never have, never will. <laughs> but broken hearts will be healed when I speak. Do you know why? Because God has given me an authority over brokenness. God has made my ministry as a breakthrough agent both physically for people and spiritually. And today, God comes by His Spirit and He has authority over the brokenness for many of you that have sat in your hearts for years and years. And today is your breakthrough Sunday when God comes by His Spirit and He changes everything in your life, everything. He can restore over pain, over hurt, over things that you thought God could never stitch up. He comes with the incredible invisible thread of the Holy Spirit and heals your heart and your life. And God wants to give you an authority over the very thing you have suffered. How does God want to use your life when you make the decision? I remember, now I'm the only person here that does this, I'm aware. I remember complaining to God. Because my weakness, we all have one, my, my, my biggest weakness is rejection. And I can very quickly go there, so I have to surround my life with the Word of God. And I remember one day complaining to God, why did I have to be born this way? Why my entire life do I always have to shore up this rejection and this battle? And I remember the Holy Spirit speaking to me saying this, 
Become what you were never given. Become what you were never given. And God wants to give you shoulders so broad that people can stand upon your shoulders and touch the heart of God. I wonder if I could have the musicians up because God's just about to move in this room. Do you believe it? Do you believe this morning that God could come in a moment? Two things are going to happen. I'm going to speak authority over your brokenness today and it'll no longer capture you in Jesus' name. And the second thing that's going to happen for many this morning is this, this is a light in the sand Sunday. This is a Sunday when you decide. I'm no different to you. I'm just the baby of a gang rape from back of Brisbane. And I made a decision one Sunday. And thousands of lives were on the other side. You've got no clue. Where are you? You're coming up this week. <laughs> Yay! He's having a coffee on the side. The Spirit of God comes when the musicians start. No, I'm serious. Hurry on up. Come on. Singers, people. Yeah, they, there they are. They're all hiding behind the black curtains. We're going to respond to God in a moment. I wonder if you'd stand with me, church. For some of you, this is a really, you can go slightly louder if you like, because I'm sick of the sound of my own voice by this point. <laughs> this is a really holy moment. And for some of us, it's a scary moment. And I know God spoke to me today. There are some older people in this place that you have been through trauma when you were young and you've never allowed God to deal with it. You fenced it away. And today God's going to heal it. I feel in my spirit, God just speaking to me now that there's someone here who is adopted like me. Oh. And you're terrified of finding your story, but you're actually going to find release in finding it. I don't know who I'm speaking to today. There's actually a whole nother realm to my story that I can't share publicly yet. One day. This. Thanks, Ta. I'm relaxing you into a false sense of security. Do you notice? So the singers are going to sing and then I'm going to count one, two, three that quick because what did we say at the beginning? We die quickly and we respond quickly. And I want you to run to Jesus today. Those that are drawing the line in the sand and those this morning that God is going to take your brokenness, He's going to land on it. God's going to touch you today. God's going to touch you today. You've been through some some stuff in your life and it's not going to have a hold on you after today it's not going to have a hold on you anymore and the voices that have spoken to you and said categorized you God's lifting the categories off you today God's lifting the categories off you 
God's even, even lifting the diagnosis off you today in Jesus' name. You're going to be a different man after today. It's going to be wild. Watch out for him. Okay, I'm not even going to wait for the musicians. Are you ready? One, two, three. Come on down. Quick, quick. Move, move, move. God wants to come and do something in your life today. Give people a hand as they come right to the front this morning. God's drawing a line in the sand. Right down at the front. Quick, quick, quick. Quick, 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 quick. Keep coming, keep coming. Move on forward so every single person who needs God to touch them has room today in Jesus' Name. Keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. Allow room for people. Oh, this is so beautiful. Let's move a little bit forward so all these beautiful people coming can have space for God to touch them here today. Right, we're going to worship God for a moment because your freedom does not come from me. It comes from Jesus. So we're going to worship Him and look to Him for a moment. Come on, church, let's worship. Just look at me right now, right across the front. together. God's got something really special for you. You are so treasured in God's heart. You're really treasured. And there's stuff that's gone on. It's many, many moons ago. Many moons ago. And he's never forgotten. Never forgotten, and he's waiting for you today. And you too are going to know the love of God like you've never known in your lives. You thought you knew it, but he's just going to come and melt your hearts afresh. And he's coming with that invisible thread of heaven and stitching up that pain you'd hidden away that you thought could never be healed. Stitching it up. Would you just raise your hands to God? Father, I pray for this beautiful couple. Father, would you do what only a good father can do? Would you melt away the years? Would you heal the pain? Would you meet with them today, oh God, in Jesus' name? going to give you a hug in a minute. Is that all right? Is that COVID safe? Not from an Australian. (laughs) This is what God's going to do. For some of you today, you're drawing a line in the sand. (laughs) I keep getting words. The call of God's on your life. The call of God's on your life. And you've done everything you could possibly do because it scares you so much but God is going to bring an end to the pain would you lift your hands to God right now I like your hat that's okay that's okay Father in the name of Jesus right now right now in the name of Jesus the power of God Father, upon our heart in Jesus' name, every spirit of rejection, every
every abandonment that she constantly feels. Father, would you break that thing off her life today, Lord God, in the Name of Jesus. I pray that she would never be the same. Never be the same. Father, spirit of rejection and abandonment, I loose the hold on her life right now in Jesus' Name. Jesus, you're a beautiful, beautiful lady and you can't even believe that about yourself because there's something within you that doesn't believe what God says. It's all changing. Psalm 139, He's woven you together in your mother's womb. Right, for some of you, I could be here all day, but some of you this morning are drawing a line in the sand. How much more time have I got? All day and night, listen, I'm an old girl. Come forward here, beautiful lady. I'd I'd sit down there, but the problem is I've got artificial hips, so I might never get up. And a God is on your life to heal people's pain. And you thought up till today that you were not qualified. But you're qualified because you've experienced much pain. And up to today there was a no re- there was no reason for it. You didn't understand the reason for that for what you've been through. But God says I'm going to build a story of the restoration of many lives upon what you've been through and he's going to begin to surround you with people that you thought you had nothing to say to and you're going to realize after today that you're exactly the right woman in the right place doing the right thing many many lives I'm not going to say this right many Mahari Mahari I can't I can't say it I'm Australian forgive me there's going to be, you're going to actually reach into a community. I don't even understand that. But you're going to reach into a community and you're going to lead many people to Christ through your story. You, you just don't actually realise how significant today is. Is that good? Scary, but good. Yes. So this is what's going to happen in just a moment. And then tonight, you've got to come back to church. Like my mum used to say, you've got to be near the spout where the glory comes out. So you've got to be back in the house of God tonight. Amen. I'm going to prophesy of many people. Dry bones are going to rattle tonight. You're going to prophesy over your futures. Is anybody with me? But just in this moment, I'm going to pray one more prayer. And you're going to lift your hands high to God. Don't give Him a token. Give Him a reach. Lift your hands to God across the front right now in Jesus' Name. Father, I take authority this morning over brokenness that has consumed many of these lives for many years. And Father, by the authority that You've given me over brokenness in the Name of Jesus, Father, I say no more in Jesus' Name. I I say that many, many lives right across the front right now in Jesus' Name will be touched by the power of God. And their lives will never be the same from today in the Name of Jesus. And Father, for those this morning that are drawing a line in the sand around their lives, right now, Lord God, I thank You that many, many lives lie on the other side today of these decisions. Father, I pray that You'd take the pain and You'd multiply it into purpose. 
Father, I pray today in the mighty name of Jesus that what the enemy intended for evil, God will turn for good. What the enemy intended for evil, God will turn for good. Now give him a hand of praise. Give him a hand of praise right across the front today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this message. If you're wondering what the next step in your faith journey looks like, please get in touch with us. Email us at info at or visit our website.